0: Good morning, church. Are you ready to study God's Word today? Well, this is the end of our series uh, for Rhythm Today. And then next week, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about this at the end of the service, but next week we start a series called Give the Greatest Gift of All. And so that will be our theme throughout the month, and it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. I promise it is very likely that you have not heard a message exactly like the one next week. And I'll give you a little highlight about that, hopefully, at the end of the service. Uh, but I promise you are not going to want to miss next Sunday. But today, as we wrap up this Rhythm Series, we're talking about uh, the, the concept of identity, that many times the, the reason our lives get out of rhythm and we start heading in the wrong direction, it's because we forget who God created us to be. Not what the world says about us and the rhythms of the world, but what God says about us and the rhythm of walking our life through the identity and the mindset that he has called us to. And I think one of the greatest communicators uh, of that truth of identity and who God has called us to be and what God has called us to do is the fella who pastored this church for over 40 years. Would you welcome today, Dr. Laurel Buckingham.
1: I have to tell you that your pastor is scary because he doesn't even hardly know what I'm talking about this morning. And yet, he was able to give you the real essence of what I want to share. Anyway, wonderful to be here. And a couple of things I just got to say before I start preaching, so don't start timing me yet. I, uh, I, I, I think of it, I think every week of life, at least once a week and maybe several times a week, how gracious this group of people, you folks have been over the years, and especially... What goes through my mind over and over and over and over is a great farewell celebration and i I just need to tell you this i've never heard tell of a church anywhere in the world that did as much and and was so creative in making a celebration uh, a wonderful event as you folks did back there four and a half years ago so thank you thank you thank you but the second thing it is just so comforting to me and so encouraging and exciting to know that God in His great providence has brought us this couple, Joel and Tracy, go ahead. and And, and I, I just feel like I can say with the utmost confidence, without any doubt whatsoever, that the greatest days for God's work in this church and in this city are ahead of us. And we're just looking forward to seeing all that God has is going to do and god we've got a god that believes in us and i i just am so glad for what pastor joel said concerning the message this morning i would like for you just now to turn in your bibles to judges chapter 6. and the title of the message is it's going to go up there someplace i do believe the title of the message is from a nobody to a somebody have you ever felt like you were a nobody Anybody ever felt that way? I mean, I don't think there could be anybody that felt that way more than I felt. I knew a guy that in his teenage years, and in fact, I still know him, know him well, and in his early adulthood who was down on himself in a way that, well, he probably had understandable reasons to be down on himself because he was no good at anything i mean he was no good in school he's a terrible student he was he was not an athlete at all he couldn't do anything in sports he uh, he he hated the way he looked even though he had hair he still hated the way he looked and but he had hair when he needed it and so that's a that, that's a positive and there was just he was not musical uh, he he just floundered at everything he was brought up on a farm he could not farm everything he touched on the farm he broke the machinery there was just there was just nothing in, in him that anybody could see and certainly he didn't see about himself that was of any great value he he never even though he was interested in girls I don't know what age but Uh, He never went out with a girl until he was 18 years of age. And the reason he didn't is because he felt so terrible about his appearance and his personality. Uh, He had two buck teeth. One of them got broken off in an accident. And that didn't help him in his self-image at all. And so the only reason he ever went out with a girl when he was 18 years of age is because he was forced, more or less, into a blind date. And, uh, And that's how that all started. Well, I knew that guy very, very well know him very very well because i'm that guy and uh and and so i don't see how anybody could have felt more hopeless more helpless so as as in much pain i mean there's pain that goes along with that and uh and and you just don't know what in the world's ever going to happen and what the future holds for you and and i feel like there's so many people that have been put down held down told them told they're never going to amount to anything been told that they they were uh they were wrong in the way they functioned and they're always going to be that way they're never going to change and and uh, and all the focus was on their <clears throat> limitations until they buy into that and they get to believing that and sometimes people spend a whole lifetime in that realm well there's a guy in the bible that I think fits that description that we've just brought before you. And so if you turn and look in Judges chapter 6, and we look at the 16th verse, excuse me, I have not got the right verse, the 15th verse, and the Lord, but, uh, but the Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. He just had a image that he was of no value whatsoever he was farming now it was a terrible situation in Israel at the time because the Midianites had come over that land like a bunch of grasshoppers and just consume the land so that the Israelites were hiding in caves were scared to death were starving to death and so it was a terrible terrible situation and and so when Gideon felt God wanted him to do something. He just couldn't see how that could ever be. And, and I, I felt the call to ministry ever since I was a kid, and it just made no sense. How in the world? There's just no way. I had such a bad feeling and fought the call so hard because I didn't see how that could ever amount to anything that I was physically sick because of being somewhat mentally sick and having such an extreme inferiority and so i identify here with gideon and i expect there may be many other way many other people here today that are in the same page but here's what i love god is able we just signed that if we believe jesus came to give life to the fullest that's what the bible says now don't you think if he came to give us life to the fullest? that everybody in this place who knows Jesus ought to be able to experience life to the fullest and become and be all that God meant for you to be. And I think that's going to mean great things for so many people who feel so hopeless and so many people who feel so put down. Look in, in well, I've already said that, look in verse 15 and you see how, how he felt about himself But I want you to see some things that are so interesting to me about how God functioned towards Gideon. And I think it's a lesson for us how we should function as God's people. The first thing we see is affirmation. We see the affirmation that came from God. Verses 12 and verse 14. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. (laughs) You know, you you read that and you just laugh. I mean, here's this guy that felt like he was absolutely useless and helpless and couldn't do anything, and God is looking on at him and saying, you mighty warrior. I mean, that just makes no sense whatsoever from the human perspective. But isn't it wonderful? that we have that kind of a God who sees the best in us and doesn't see see us as we are, but sees us all as we can be through His grace and power and what He wants to make us. And so, if we could believe in ourselves as much as God believes in us, I'm telling you, the sky would be the limit on what could be accomplished for His glory through all of our lives, and through our influence. And, and you know, we, we read these scripture verses and we hear people like me talking and you think, oh, that's for you, but that's not for me. Well, you know who's telling you that? That is the devil. And he wants to keep you defeated and keep you down because he knows your potential as God knows your potential and knows what you could accomplish through his grace. So what does God see in you? I think he sees in you some great things he doesn't see the limitations as you maybe are focused on and I know I was sure focused on I mean big time that's all I could see in my early days was my limitations but God sees your possibilities hallelujah and he sees what you can be not what you are and he is fully able to give you life to the fullest We read, though, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to convince somebody as I was hard to convince because I just didn't see how anything could ever happen that would be of any value or any good. And we see how Gideon responded. We read that in the 13th verse. Now, he had several negative words in that 13th verse. And, And Gideon zeroed in on them all. If, why where but and so many times we're just filled with that negative thinking that keeps us from being able to see things as God wants us to see things there's faithlessness and fear that doesn't have to be so every one of us here's what I would like for you to hear in regard to God's affirmation Every one of us can be more than what we now are through his grace and through his power. Do you hear that? Do you believe that? Every one of us can be more than what we are through his grace and through his power. We read in the 14th verse, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Now, he didn't say go in the strength I will give you god saw that he had strengths that could be used for his glory and so go he said in the strength that you have and god sees strengths in in all of us here today that may think that we know we don't have any strengths at all of our own but then he says and save israel out of midian's hand and then he said am i not sending you and then in the 16th verse the lord answered i will be with you and we'll strike down the Midianites together so he saw great things in in Gideon and great possibilities but then he promised he would be with Gideon and that was a guarantee that things were going to happen that would make a big difference and that's a guarantee for all of us here today as we put our trust and faith in him that he will be with us and we can become all that he meant for us to become and we can accomplish all that he meant for us to accomplish so that we see, we see in that how that God made Gideon feel like he belonged. He belonged. But then we see revelation. Revelation, and so this is Gideon now turning a corner that was going to make the difference so that he would believe what God had said and the, the great affirmation that God had given him to tell him he was a great warrior And he was, he had strengths. So we look in this 22nd verse, and I hope you're looking in your Bibles this morning, your phones or whatever you have there, because this would help you. And it'd be nice if you could read this whole thing sometime when you have an opportunity, these two or three chapters that talk about this. But when Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he he exclaimed, Oh, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And so he had an encounter with God through the angel of the Lord, and the Lord said to him, Peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord of Peace. Now listen. If you're anything like I was, there's no peace. There's just anxiety and fear and hopelessness and pain and and uh, and when there, that encounter is with god is as god meant for it to be and as it can be so that our past can be forgiven and we can be right with the lord and have a relationship with him not just some kind of a religion but a relationship with him then there's a great relief and there's wonderful peace that can sweep over us and i i just again to drive this home I fought this call and fought this call and fought this call. And I remember I I was kind of trying to ease my way a little bit, and I had a friend at school that I confided in. Now, this guy was a Christian, but I, I was scared to death to tell him what I was really thinking for fear he would reject or he would laugh or he would ridicule because I, I, uh, because of what I saw in myself. And so I asked him to keep this confidential. I probably had a stack of Bibles or I would have had it, it to really drive this home. You cannot tell anybody under the sun what I'm gonna tell you ever, ever, ever. And I just came on so strong about that. And I said, and I, then I told him, I feel called to preach. Well, he just kind of looked at me, big deal. What's so great about that? You know, and here I was expecting some pushback as to why anybody like me, with all of my dozens of weaknesses, and I saw no value in myself at all, how in the world could anybody like me ever be of any value in the ministry? But I think he even saw something that I certainly didn't see. And so, in my case, in a public service, I yielded and surrendered to that call and 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 it was emotional I was crying I was laughing and that this is not me but I was shouting and praising God and it was just a wonderful release when I came to that point of having that kind of an experience and totally yielding everything over to him and even and when I preached my first sermon was in Sussex in the church that's on Main Street now used to be a Wesleyan church now it's a Pentecostal church, and when I preached that first sermon, scared spitless, you know, scared to death and 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 uh, because of my own weaknesses, but I did have an inner peace in spite of all of that, and I preached the sermon, therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God. And is there any more thing any more wonderful in this world in all the turmoil that's around us, and all the turmoil that the world is in, to have inner total peace. And I'll tell you what Amen. I'll tell you what I I I preached like a house of fire for 20 minutes. I got 20 minutes in. I didn't think I could ever preach that long. 20 whole minutes. And I'm telling you what. I got, When I got finished I felt like I was Billy Graham or somebody. I was so inspired by my own preaching. But let me tell you That's that's what I'm saying. When we do what God asks us to do, what's he going to do? He's going to be with us to give us the strength to do it. Hear that? Every one of us, no matter who we are, he'll give us the strength to do what he calls us to do. And so the question might be, are we trying to fight our battles on, on our own? And, you know, as I think of my life at this point, you know, I think of people who at a certain stage in life that they kind of decide, well, you know, let other people do whatever. I never felt more energized in the ministry in my life than I feel right now. And I feel like it's very possible that our ministry might be having a greater impact than it ever had because we're now ministering to denominations, all denominations, that preach the gospel. We just had a conference recently that brought in people from every denomination here in Atlantic Canada that I know of and had about between four and 500 people there that were being taught and explained how we can see the church go forward. This week, I'm going to Buffalo, New York to do a consultation there in a church of 3,000 people. And, and so God can use us at any stage in our, any, you hear me, stage. Uh, that's a code word for I'm not going to say. Uh, and, 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 and so I'm saying to us, you may think, oh yeah, that's great for young people to hear. I'll tell you what, that's great for any of us to hear. God can use you right now where you are and what he has called you to be and to do. And then there was confrontation. Now this may, where, this may be where people get held up so that they don't take all the steps that are necessary. There was the belonging, the believing, And this has to do with the behaving, as we see the confrontation. Look in the 25th verse. The Lord said to uh, Gideon, because of altars that had been built, tear down that sinful altar. Now, it may be that there are some people here who have some idols, that altar to Baal, by the way, that have kept them from experiencing God's presence, power, and strength? This is a question we need to ask ourselves because we have to think about this. It may be that there's something in our lives that is an altar, that is an idol, that is more important than God and His perfect will. Is that not a possibility? I don't want to be judgmental at all, but it could be that that is a place of hindrance right there that something needs to happen and something needs to be confronted and something needs to be dealt with and there may need to be a house cleaning. There may need to be a spiritual house cleaning. There may need to be uh, something happen whereby some things are cleaned up and we need to clean up our act in order to move on. That's always a possibility. And because of hanging on to an idol, hanging on to something that is really not that important, a way of life, a lifestyle, a habit, or, or whatever it might be to keep us from experiencing the full power and presence of God is just not worth it. And so, man, now listen, for, for any of us here, what Gideon had to do in tearing down that altar to Baal, what we have to do if we, there's some idols, is nothing compared to what he had. His life is in danger. He could have been killed, but he was prepared to take the stand for God that God asked him to take in order that he could be doing what God wanted him to do so that he wouldn't be hindered in any way. and he tore down the idol. And I would say, what's your idol? If there is one, this is the time to do something about it. Then there was transformation. Verse 34, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Hallelujah. There was a power that was beyond Gideon, the power of the Holy Spirit. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power. When we have peace, That kind of equals power when we're totally surrendered to God's purpose and plan and, and allow the Holy Spirit to come in to cleanse and to fill. Here we see is where Gideon really began to be a loser, went from being a loser to a leader. He went from being a whiner to a winner. He went from being a zero to a hero because he obeyed God and was willing to surrender all so that the Holy Spirit would come upon him and he could be and do what God had called him to do. And what he did is just so phenomenal, it's beyond imagination. But this is what God can do. I'm telling you, it's just as real today as it was back there. Look in the 17th verse of the 17th chapter and we read where he said, Now, this is Gideon talking. Now, here's this weak, humble, inferior. Uh, scared-to-death guy that felt he was the least of the least of the least of the least. And here he is now before 32,000 people that he got his volunteers to fight against the Midianites. And I'm not going into details about all of that because that's not the point of the message here this morning. And and he says to the 300 that he decided that he would fight the battle with, there's 135,000 Midianites And he was going to fight those 135,000 with 300 now I'll tell you what I think part of the reason for that he knew they were totally totally dedicated I remember years ago when I was trying to get things going in ministry and things going in this church I felt like I had to have everybody with me if we're going to go forward and a friend of mine said to me something, two things he said that I never forgot, a guy that I highly regarded, had the highest respect for as a pastor. He said, Laurel, you get what you go after. And the second thing he said to me, you've got to go with the people who will go with you. And I found a few people, not very many, that really bought into the vision, bought into the dream of what God wanted us to do. And I connected with those people and God began to bless and other people began to get involved. Because we went with those who would go with us. Well, this is, what, this is what Gideon did. So he had these 300 dedicated people and he formulated a strategy. Now, I, if I was doing a seminar, I could talk about this forever. But his strategy was creative, unheard of. That's what God can do. That's what God can do. When we are totally surrendered to him, We'll have creativity. We'll figure out ways to do whatever needs to be done. And and we can be just as creative. In fact, we can be more creative than any other people in the world, in Hollywood or in the government or wherever, because if God is with us, that will stimulate our creativity as a result of our total surrender to him. And he had a strategy that was unheard of. And the 300 people beat the Midianites. They started killing each other. And the rest is history. They won the battle with 300 people. Now, your response may be, I can't see myself really being any different. I really, I've been this way forever. I can't see myself being any different. Well, you know something? If that's the way you see it, then you won't be any different. Because the only way we're any of us going to be different is to believe that we can be different and believe in the power of God that can make us different and be willing to tear down the idols and do anything and everything that might be keeping us from being totally in His will and in His purpose. When I first started f- following through on what God, I felt God wanted me to do. here. here now, you just imagine, going from a teenager to my early adulthood feeling the way I was feeling and then thinking that it was my job to create believability in Atlantic Canada for the Church of Jesus Christ where I felt there was a lack of believability, not only in the church world but in the secular world as well. It can happen everywhere else but it can't happen here. To create that believability (laughs) who do I think I am? You know That's being so presumptuous, but it wasn't about me and feeling that I had anything of great value, but it was all about God and what God could do through me if I tore down the idols and was totally surrendered to His purpose and His will. Consequently, the rest is history in what we're seeing God do and seeing this church go on to become much more effective than it ever was when I was here. And we're just so thankful to God for all of that. Now, what did it take? What did it take? It took, I had to go from unbelief to belief. Gideon went from unbelief to belief. Gideon had no confidence in himself or anything else was filled with total unbelief. But listen to me. Unbelief is the sand in the cogs of the machinery of life that grinds those cogs and causes them to wear down and causes the machinery of life to be totally unproductive and painful. That's what unbelief does. But belief... Believing in God, believing in yourself because of God helps us to pour the oil in the machinery and the cogs of life that causes that machinery to run smoothly like silk and to produce what God meant for it to produce. Gideon was a nobody who became a somebody because, he trusted God, he trusted God to do what God wanted to do through him and he wants to do things through all of us here today that will bring honor and glory to his name. Do you believe that? It's really true. Every one of us, I don't care what you've been told about yourself, what somebody else has said about you, what you feel about yourself. Some people have are ashamed because they've been victims of abuse of all kinds. Some other people are ashamed because of things they've done in their life and they feel like because they've been so bad or whatever the case may be, there's no hope for them. Oh, hear me this morning. There's hope for every person in this place today as we put our trust and confidence in the Lord. On the news last night, maybe some of you saw this, a man who was in prison for 40 years for a crime he did not commit? Got released. And he was spending his first Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, with the family, the family who helped get him out of prison after being there for 40 years. It's proven that he did not commit the crime of killing an ex girlfriend and a child, which would just be horrendous. And he said, and I'll never forget these words as I heard him last night. He said, I always had hope and I always believed and it paid off. It took him 40 years to get out of his prison. You can be out of yours in 40 seconds as you decide. I'm going to try to believe in myself as much as God believes in me. I am going to experience his peace of forgiveness and his fullness in my life. of Affirmation. You know, we're most like God when we're affirming other people, I think. And that's what we want this church to be, and it is a place of love, acceptance, forgiveness, healing, and encouragement. And so people can, no matter who you are, what your background, you can feel like you belong. But then there comes a step of believing, and then there comes a place of behaving, That's when we confront the idols and then we see God work. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your your way of doing things. We thank you, dear God, that you believe in us. You want to see us experience life to the fullest. You want us to experience life. The peace that you only can give. You want us to be at our very best to reach our fullest potential for your honor and glory and for our own satisfaction. And now, Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus for anybody here who does not have that relationship with you that even as I pray right now, they might pray and say, Lord, I want to have a relationship. Please forgive me of anything that's kept me from that relationship. And please come into my life and make me your child. And it may be, Lord, that there are others who serve you, but they haven't really believed in themselves and believed in you in a way that you believe in us. And maybe there's some idols that need to be confronted. And Lord, whatever's popping in their heads right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that this a decision will be made to be deliberate and intentional about Tearing down those idols. Making you more important than anything else that might be important. So then, they will be able to go forward as Gideon went forward and he said, follow me to the the people. In the 17th verse, that 7th chapter, follow me and do as I do. Because he had the trust of the people and because the confidence of doing What he would do would be doing what you wanted him to do, that great things were accomplished. And Lord, I pray it may be so in each and every person here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.